Super Dave Siminski. Hello, Jim English. Great talking to you again, Jim. Oh, I love having Super Dave on the show. This is Jim English, and welcome to my podcast called The Who Gives a Shit Files. And this is the Jim and Super Dave show. And I have to tell you that the last couple times I was derelict in pointing out that Super Dave did not give himself that nickname. That was bequeathed to him. So we're not dealing with an egotistical man here. We're dealing a modest man called Super Dave. How did you get the nickname, Super Dave? Well, I was working for a social media company, uh, uh, sort of uh, in my semi-retirement. Um, I, I do a mentoring and consulting for businesses. And this social media company, you know, a bunch of young people that are, that are uh, all techie and stuff, but they found out that I had a television show, uh, a radio show that I produced three movies, uh, uh, that I was a professional sports handicapper. And they, 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 they noted all that. And I was a graphic designer, an illustrator, uh, and, and the things that I had done. And one of their guys just said, you know, they think they'd be super Dave because it seemed like anytime we, a topic would come up, I had had some career or some position that related to it. So uh, the nickname stuck after that. I thought it was kind of cool. He called me Super Dave. And for the, the audience that's listening here, Super Dave on his emails have got all these icons at the bottom of them. There are a bunch of them. And it's Super Dave dressed in it's Dave's face, you know, dressed up like with Superman. And they're, they're pretty cool looking. I could tell by your emails that you're a former graphic designer among your many other lives. Like, you, Super Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't I hear that you beat an international master in chess? Yes, I beat a chess master, uh, but, you know, he was playing 34 other people with me, and I was the only one that beat him. But, uh, you know, it was just, I think he, I, since I was organizing this chess club, he might have cut me some slack. I don't know, but I was just proud to, to somehow beat a chess master. Yeah, I've seen these guys, you know, these brilliant men and women, you know, play like a ton of chess all in, you know, all at the same time. And, you know, usually when they do that, they don't lose. And if you're an international master, or grandmaster, I play a lot of chess and I'm not close to being a grandmaster or an international master. But those people, they don't lose on purpose. They don't cut slack, Super Dave. When you get to that level, you're in it to win. So that's an accomplishment you should be proud of. I am very proud of that. And there's a girl on, on YouTube now. I can't think of what her name is, but she she sits down with these people and they don't realize it. I don't know if she's a master or not, but she beats masters all the time in these videos. And then they find out, you know, that, that, that they think they're sitting in a park somewhere and they're playing. They don't realize who she is and she tips videotapes it's kind of funny i'll have to get that for you actually but, i've i've seen those i think her name is caitlin and, that might be it. and she's she looks nothing she's more like a supermodel than she is like a chess player exactly you know? she's very attractive and and that sort of disengages them also it's kind of funny how and i've, I've noticed since you you do play some chess jim I noticed through the years, especially early on and when I, 
uh, I would sit and play play in the recreation department. When somebody says they're okay and they're not very good, that's the ones that are usually really good. The people that say that, that act like they're they're good players are really not. It's the ones that they're very unsuspecting that you got to worry worry about, Jim. Well, I you know I play a lot of chess, and you know the benefits of playing chess are huge. I play chess.com online and I'm a member and, you know, they, there's every now and then, and I mean, one time out of a hundred, I will beat or tie a international master. I've tied a grandmaster once. And these are chess programs, by the way, they're not real people. Um, but you know, it's, it's hard. It's great for your concentration. It's, you know, that there has never been a grandmaster in chess who's ever gotten dementia or Alzheimer's, you know, cause they're taxing their brain so much. That's interesting. I did not realize that. That is a, an interesting thing that I think could be a, be a very interesting, if not a book, but a, 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 some report. I hadn't heard that before. You're always yeah, I, up with a great staff, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, Here's one, too. So for chess tournaments, they do drug testing. And guess what they're testing for? Hmm, that's interesting. Something to do with mental faculties, I would guess. You bet. You bet. Adderall. People taking Adderall for their chess games. So... You know, and uh, so that's interesting. So we dedicate this podcast to Randy Larson. What would you like to share about Randy Larson, Super Dave? Well, there's there's a cliche that you've heard probably many times that somebody just uh, when they walk in the room, uh, they, they brighten it up. Well, if you were ever in a room with Randy Larson, it was just great to to be there. You felt that there was something about his presence, even though he might not have been standing out uh, vocally or anything. There's, there was a presence that Randy Larson had wherever he was, and he was often in, uh, in groups, but he always stood out. And it was just a privilege to be around Randy Larson. And, and to call him a friend for uh, half a century is, is something that, you know, you talk about, you know, some of my uh, the things I'm proud about. Well, that's one of the proudest because the the people you meet in this life, Jim, uh, are what make up the quality of uh, of your existence. And I'm just proud to have known him. And it's just a great idea you had, Jim, to dedicate this podcast to Randy every time. So, Randy, we're thinking about you. We'll never forget you. And it was a privilege to to be on the same planet with you. Totally agree. He was athletic. He was brilliant. He was generous. I mean, the world should have more Randy Larsons. So on the eve, actually the day of the NCAA tournament, Super Dave, what do you think is going to happen before we dive into the NBA? What do you think is going to happen with UConn and the Aztecs of San Diego State? Well, you know, I was born in Connecticut, Jim. Okay, so I'm a, I'm a little partial there, but I do – I do know people that have gone to San Diego State, so it's kind of a uh, there's an emotional attachment to both of these schools. Of course, uh, UConn is the uh, overwhelming favorite in this game, 
uh, I think the spread now is eight and a half or something. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a clear cut uh, a uh, favorite for UConn. San Diego State though is playing a caliber of ball that uh, in basketball, Jim, and, and you've been a basketball player on any given day or night. You know, a, a good team can can get hot, and so uh, I, I'm thinking it's going to be a good game. When I think most people think it's going to be a blowout. Well, I hope you're right. I mean, it's it's I've got interesting thing going on, dynamics going on. I bet on UConn to win it, and if they win, I win a hundred bucks. But I'm rooting for San Diego State. So either way, I'm in good shape as far as winning goes uh if it's a close game you know san diego state are used to these nail biters where yukon is just blowing people out it's hard for me to believe that yukon lost eight games this year eight games with the domination they've shown in the tournament so we'll have to see so i like connecticut to win if it's a close game i like san diego state yeah, I think I'm. I, I like I said, my allegiance is kind of split, but I I think I'm going to be pulling. I I generally pull for the underdog, so I'd like to see the upset with San Diego State. It would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, would, go ahead. Sorry. That would be fun. Uh, that's the thing, and, and and that's why we do this. Not just uh, it's the fun of basketball, Jim, that we share. Oh, it's you know I did a podcast earlier on. Um, fairly Dickinson University beating Purdue. I mean, that's why you play the game because any damn thing can happen, Super Dave. I mean, anything. Oh, you yeah. Know? Dickinson's fairly good. <laughs> I like it. So where would you like to start in the NBA? You want to start in the West or the East or teams or rankings? You're the guest. And, you know, you've got the media experience. Where would you like to start? Well, let's, let's start in the West because, uh, you know, with your history again and your, uh, your, your partial of attachment to the Los Angeles Lakers, I, we talked about this the last couple of podcasts, and it's starting to actually line up like when a team's playing their best basketball near the end and, and when the playoffs are Coming and that's what's happening with the Lakers. All of a sudden, you know, Anthony Davis now being healthy is playing at the top of his game. LeBron has come back, and LeBron is just thinking about, you know, uh, making everybody else better, which he does as good as any NBA player I've ever seen. And the Lakers are starting to are starting to come together as a team, and and. There's a lot of talk, Jim, that people are fearing playing the Lakers in the playoffs. You know, Super Dave, I love being wrong when it comes to the Lakers because for the last year and a half, I have been bashing Rob Palinka and Jeannie Buss and Le- LeBron and Anthony Davis. And I have to tell you, I think assuming – that Anthony Davis stays healthy. I mean, he's throwing up MVP stats. He's averaging 30 points, 12 rebounds, two and a half assists. He's shooting 63% from the field in his last 10 games. He's and playing great defense too, Jim. He wants 
monster. Steals and blocks shots. I mean, he's playing at an MVP caliber level right now. I mean, he's unbelievable. God, I just cringe, though, every time he lands awkwardly that he's going to get hurt. But right now, I have to agree with you that they're playing unbelievably well. And Austin Reeves, get these stats, right? In the last 10 games, Austin Reeves is averaging 19 points a game. Oh. 19 points. He is Five playing. Rings. He is playing out of his mind. He's 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 rebounding. He's getting assists. He's running the floor. It's uh, he's really come on, Austin Reeves. Fifty six percent field goal percentage. You know, thirty nine, thirty nine from three point land. I mean, <laughs> excuse me. All of a sudden, the Lakers are a three headed monster. Like with LeBron, LeBron's going to do what LeBron does. And Anthony Davis at MVP. And then all of a sudden, this kid, this unknown, this guy who was undrafted, you know, who signed a bunch of, of, he signed four 10-day contracts before they brought him up full time. I mean, this guy reflects hard work. Anthony Davis said in an interview that I was listening to on Sports Spectrum, that this guy has Kobe-esque work habits. You know, he gets there first. He's first to the gym. He's last to leave. You know, he does sit-ups all day. You know, he works out. You know, he is, you know, the personification of hard work. So they, the Lakers have a three-headed monster, plus they have D-Russ and Schrader and Walker and Hachimura and Beasley and Vanderbilt and a guy, Gabriel, who I've never heard of, who in the last six, I'm sorry, in the last 10 games, he's averaging six rebounds, and he's doing a pretty good job as a backup center. I mean, the Lakers are rolling, Super Dave. They're rolling. I, I, I'm just Coach Ham is, is just, I, I admired him at the early part of the season when things were really going bad. Now that they're going good, it's it's like it's all justified that he wasn't just blowing smoke, you know. He believed in this team. He worked he worked really hard with uh, you know putting them together. Polinka put together uh, some pieces, uh, made some moves in the middle of the season. It's 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 phenomenal how this roster has come together, Jim. It's a it's a unique mix of players, situations. Uh, uh, talents, uh, it's almost something I can't draw any comparison to, Jim. It's the turnaround is astounding. That's a, that, that's a good astounding. word, turnaround. It's a, it's a turnaround I haven't seen either. It's, it's, I mean, they were lost for dead. I didn't think they stood a chance. And I thought, you know, it would take years to fix this franchise. And I'm even on record. I mean, that's a problem when you're on a podcast a lot is, you know, you're on record as saying things and that's what I was saying. But once again, I love being wrong right now. They're sitting in the seventh position. They've won uh, seven out of their last 10 games. They're rolling. I think they're going to sneak into the playoffs and I mean, anything could happen. Super day, anything. That's that's going to be what's really fascinating about this season in the NBA 
is uh, it's so wide open, uh, especially in the West, but uh, even in the East, there's uh, there's three teams that are kind of battling it out. And we've talked about that before. But in the West, I've never seen it go so deep uh, down to where you think some of these teams have a chance. Uh, you know, the Golden State Warriors are another team that is all, uh, all of a sudden, you know, started to play uh, up to their potential. And then the Phoenix Suns, with the uh, acquisition of, uh, of Durant has, uh, and, and him getting healthy at the right time, and the Sacramento Kings being so strong all season long, uh, and then the Grizzlies with, their, with, the, with the problems they've had uh, now seem to be getting it back together. And the Denver Nuggets have been on top the whole way. I mean, who do you, you throw a blanket over those teams, Jim? I know. I know. So, Super Dave, the, you know, the, the team that's the hottest right now in the NBA are the Sacramento Kings. They're the hottest team. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. And, you know, it doesn't look like they're slowing down at all. Memphis is hot as well. I mean, these are, you know, these are teams that have got, like, no brand recognition, but they have a chance – all these teams have a chance of winning it all, Super Dave, in the uh, to represent the West. And, and what's interesting, going on the other side of the coin, uh, near the middle of the season, the Dallas Mavericks looked like a team that was going to be right there in the playoffs. And then they make a, uh, the, the trade for Irving. And then the, the, all of a sudden, they're starting to drop like a rock. And I, I'm telling you, Mark Cuban has made some stupid moves. Getting rid of Porzingis and uh, Brunson is some of the dumbest moves I've ever seen. And getting Irving is, uh, is, is like, you know, adding a, a virus, uh, you know, into the, the uh, uh, food of your team. It's just. Yeah, it's, it is. It's just not, it's not rational. And, and I think they made a move that just took them out of it, Jim. Yeah, I mean, I admire teams that take a big swing. You know, you got to be aggressive. You know, the Rams a couple of years did it a couple of years ago, and it won them a Super Bowl. Now they stink. But going after, you know, you got to think playoffs. You know, you can't. You know, regular season is nice, but you have to think playoffs. <laughs> and in order to win playoffs. You got to play in a half court game and you got to play defense. And when you have Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving on the same team, both those guys are allergic to defense. And they're, they're three and seven in their last games, in their last 10. And I don't see them turning it around. And I don't even see them making a play in game, Super Dave. No, I, I actually don't. I told you they are just dropping. Uh, like a lead weight in in water in shallow water, and uh, you you have this 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 phenomenal way of of, of putting things and taking a big swing is, is something I admire too. But what Dallas did was take a a stupid leap, you know, an un, untimely leap instead of a big swing. And you're right when two of your five players on the floor I, I don't care much about defense. I don't care how much they score. It's not going to, is they're not going to make up the difference and the chemistry is not there. Uh, it, it is just 
uh, atrocious. And I think Brunson, uh, the guy that left that team, uh, it, you know, is, is developing into a superstar uh, out there in the East with the Knicks. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm just thinking Dallas is, uh, uh, is just t- taking themselves out of it. It's a, it's a real strange scenario. And we got the, the, the other side of the coin with the Lakers as being a, a team that just kept, is coming on at the right time. And Dallas is going the other direction, Jim. So tell me your thoughts about Denver Super Day. I don't know why, and there's no rational reason for this, is that I'm not buying into what Denver does. And, you know, you, know, you, need, to, you need to bring me down to earth because you ground me a lot. You know, when the Lakers stunk, you'd get me on the couch so I could, you know, I could do therapy with you, on Laker therapy. Yes. Now, help me out with your thoughts on Denver, because I know I should buy in, but emotionally I can't. Tell me your thoughts on Denver. Well, I, Denver is a, a really interesting case because they have, uh, they have been able to stay at the top of the, of the West the whole season long. And uh, they've got Nikola Jokic is playing as good a basketball all around as I have seen in, uh, in, in, in my many years of watching NBA basketball because he's the, I'm telling you, it is just, it is amazing. And you might want to YouTube a few uh, highlight reels of Jokic and what he's doing because playing a point position as a as a center out front he he get, he makes that move he's hitting like 63 64 percent of his shots jim uh and that's remarkable to be able to score in, in the 25 range when you're only taking like 10 11 shots a game it's a it's incredible because he gets everybody involved what's happened is i think they went through a little lull in the last couple of weeks yeah he's taken off a couple of games with some minor injuries. I think uh, he, the Joker is getting ready for the playoffs. I think Jamal Murray is starting to uh, round into form after his season of injury last year. Uh, Michael Porter and Gordon, Aaron Gordon are two really uh, good pieces on that team. And I think in a half court, uh, more slowed down type of uh, game in the playoffs, I think Denver will emerge again as one of the strongest teams in the West. I, so everything that you said is, is, is kind of a, a lot of the feeling about everybody. They kind of feel like they're a, 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 a false favorite, you know, being on top. But there's a reason they've, they've done that because they've got the right mix and they've got the right player that just does everything. If there's a weakness on the team, it's defense, Jim. Yeah, they're they're a decent de- they're mid-level defense, they're high offense. But you know, you're right. He is such like an octopus with the ball. I mean, he's got those long arms that keep extending. When you and I were growing up, we used to watch Gumby, uh, and he was a character in the cartoons, and he could stretch and extend himself. And I swear it's like the Joker has got tentacles that extend all over the place. He's you, just you know so why long. That, that's, I, I, once again, your imagery is always so good because here's what you're seeing, Jim. You're seeing a, a, a huge man, but he uses either hand. And 
there's a there's a finesse to using your hand with a ball under holding the ball underneath and holding the ball on top. When you've got big hands that can hold it on top, it gives you advantage. But he scoops underhand with either hand. He turns left. He turns right. He's got a euro step in the lane. He's got a girth about him that keeps people at bay, and he doesn't have to go really fast or quick uh, in the uh, in the paint. He just has these unbelievable moves. He's got an unbelievable soft touch. He's got the floater shot in close. He he arcs it uh, as high as anybody from three-point land and hits a, a wonderful percentage from out there. He knows when to take the shot. He knows when to deliver the pass. And he delivers passes, Jim, that are uncanny. They just – he had, did you see the pass a, a month or so ago that he went – be, with both hands between his legs behind him, past the defender behind him, right to the guy driving to the hoop for a bucket. Did you see that? Jeez. I didn't. I'll have to YouTube that. YouTube that. Sounds that. Pretty incredible. I've never seen this pass. Two-handed between his own legs behind him. He, he saw out of the corner of his eye uh, somebody cut into the basket, and, and there's a defender right on it, but he realized that the they're both had their feet spread, so he just popped the ball between his leg. And you just don't see some of the passes that he makes. And in a playoff scenario, in fact, I think when you think about, we always talk about LeBron James and his selflessness and the way he makes other people better. Jokic, he's not caring about the MVP that the battle he's having with the. Uh, Giannis and uh, and MB, but he st- sat out these games because I think he's preparing for the playoffs. He just wants that team to win, and I think you're going to see the brand of their basketball get to their highest level again when the playoffs start. So, how do you think, Super Dave? That let's take Phoenix. How do you think Denver would match up with Phoenix? I think that would be one of their toughest toughest matchups because. Uh, and, and you know, uh, Kevin uh, Bryant is also an, a, a selfless player, and he also plays defense. Uh, and he's getting healthy. Uh, that Phoenix team, I think, is a bad matchup for Denver. If they face Denver, uh, and it's Denver Phoenix, I, I that's the one team I would worry if I was pulling for Denver, which I I sort of am, but I don't have a an actual favorite. I think that's the worst matchup for Denver is it would be against Phoenix. So, Super Dave, we've got two teams that are red hot right now, and they're playing great basketball. They're young and inexperienced. Now, what are your thoughts on, say, Sacramento and or Memphis making a run deep into the playoffs? I think either either one of those teams is capable of that. And that's what we started off this podcast talking about is there's so many teams in the West that are playing at such a good level. Some are uh, like Denver, you know, has had a great season, but not playing well lately. Sacramento, I think, has been the most consistent team all season long. And then Memphis has had their ups and downs. Uh, but now they're coming on strong again at the end. The Clippers are starting to, uh, you know, make noise too. Like they could be a problem. And Golden State, like I said, has uh, has refound their their mojo. 
and so there's just so many teams that have a chance, but those teams like you just identified Sacramento and Memphis are wild cards. Uh, they're the teams that I, I think could surprise and, and only because Sacramento lack of experience, but they've been so consistent all year long. Uh, they're not going to be blown out no matter who they play, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see a matchup and I'll tell you why is because De'Aaron Fox and John Morant are two of the most athletic guys in the league, if they're not the two most athletic guys in the league. I mean, we are talking hyper-quick and incredibly explosive guards, and it would be such a kick to watch them play each other. Plus, they're both feistier than hell. Both these teams are tough as nails. So that's a matchup I would really like to see because their lead guards are so ridiculously athletic. They look like they're dealing with different levels of gravity. Looks like they're playing on the moon or something because no. they're, they just said they're so quick and they can jump so high that they, they don't even look like they're human. John Morant, he worries me because of that leaping ability. He gets so high that anything can happen on the way down. I mean, uh, I had eight knee surgeries, and most of them were because of coming down, not going up. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's that landy that'll kill you, Jim. And uh, yeah. John Marina com comes from all angles. And I, I think the, the danger there is that he, it's so unorthodox that the defenders don't know where to go to either block it or to avoid him. Uh, and he, I, I just worry about his his health long range because he's so acrobatic. De'Aaron Fox is a little bit more controlled with his abilities uh, and seems a little more fluid in there. Uh, but, but Morant is more spectacular. So you're right. Those are two incredible players to watch in the playoffs, but that's what's being so fantastic about uh, the NBA right now is there's so much competition. It's, it's such a, a, a nice balance of the league, but there's superstars emerging from all over. I mean, just look what's happened at the with the Knicks, you know, with all of a sudden Julius Randle, you know, showing his potential and 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 Brunson turned it into a star. There's just they're they're coming out of the woodwork, Jim, all over the league. There's some spectacular players. They are. They are. And you know, I think that, you know, one team, you know, you brought up uh, you brought up uh, Gold State Warriors, and we know not to dismiss them because people were dismissing them as done halfway through last year. Wiggins is supposed to be back next week, and he is key because he is a <coughs> excellent wing, plays really good defense on the wing. Him and Clay play great wing defense, and and Wiggins is also a really good mid-range jumper that complements the two mad bombers as well. And Jordan Poole, and we all know Steph Curry is having an MVP caliber year as well. So if Wiggins comes, Wiggins comes back and he's healthy, I mean, Golden State is another team that could win it all. I mean, you know, there's like five teams, count them, five, in the West that could win them all. What about – 
let me let me ask you this: How do you think New Orleans would do in the playoff if Zion Williamson comes back healthy and ready to go? Oh boy, is that a big if? Yeah, the Pelicans. Uh, that is that is kind of a sad case because I like their roster. I like what I've seen with them without Williamson. You know. And his his injury is so problematic for the success of that team. And and as you well know, Jim, when you come back from an injury, uh, you you don't just uh, take off from where you left off. It's a it's a it's a, uh, a a situation where you have to get your your uh, sea legs back in. Now Brandon Ingram has taken over, and I think he's. Uh, he's been tremendous in Williamson's absence because I think they needed that. But uh, Valasunas at, at the center is playing, uh, uh, you know, some of his best basketball of his career. McCollum is a is a guard I've always liked, and you'd think he'd be running out of gas and near the uh, the twilight of his career, but he's playing well. So that that's a good roster they've got. Uh, I think they go like eight or nine deep in it too. And it's just a matter if Williamson can come back strong and healthy, uh, they could be a force. But boy, that's that's asking a lot, being out as long as he has been. And and once again, there's a, those big bodies are uh, you know are, are prone to those kind of injuries. Yeah, and it's one thing to lift weights and ride a stationary bike and you know and take care of his hamstring because it's a hamstring pull that's kept him out of it, but it's another thing to get into basketball shape, but they're saying he's going to be back before the end of the season, you know, which there's only a few games left. So if he comes back and he's formidable, I mean, you know, they could make a playoff run easily. You know, they got Mr. Inside, Mr. Outside, Mr. Midrange and Mr. Power. I mean, they've got, they, and then they have, they have some depth. They've got these guards, to come in and play good defense on the wings and at the point, I mean, you know, there's so many good teams in the West and it's so wide open, Super Dave. I mean, I just, you know, it's just, it's stunning. The possibilities could be one of six or seven teams that show up out of the West. Oh yeah. No, that, that once the playoffs start, I'm just going to be really uh, riveted to the, to the set because, uh, there, there's just so many interesting matchups. And like I said, there's so many interesting stars in the league now uh, that are just so fun to watch. I mean, we haven't even talked about, you know, Donovan Mitchell and how Jason Tatum is playing for the Celtics. And then this guy, uh, Gilligas Alexander for Oklahoma City. God, have you seen my, what he's been doing? My, he's averaging over 30 a game, right? Yeah, yeah. We still have six players. Uh, averaging over 30 in the NBA. That is just incredible. And then, the, and, and, and then we have Trey geez. Young from Atlanta is spectacular. Yeah. And how about Laurie Markin? There's just so many really good players. Uh, Jimmy Butler for Miami is kind of having a resurgence and, and, and making the heat, you know, uh, a, a contender again too because he's uh, Butler's playing at the top of his game. I think it would be uh, it would behoove us to make a move to the west, uh, to the east now. 
Yeah, I think so. so. Who, do you, who do you like? Who are your teams in the East? Tell me about your team, Super Dave, in the East. Well, uh, it, it it seems like the Bucks have these periods where they 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 take over and they say we're the best, and then there's times when they they seem to just sort of plateau. Uh, and the Celtics, the Celtics are up and down too. The Sixers are playing probably the best basketball consistently, which is strange. Early in the year, they weren't. Uh, it, it's really hard to choose between those three teams, but the the Bucks seem to be the team that is just uh, it, it seems to be more reliable. If if I can use that word. They, they seem like the more reliable team among the, the, the top three there of the Celtics, Sixers, and Bucks. Well, you got Giannis, who's having a monster year. I mean, you know, I know that Joker will probably get the MVP for the third straight year, which is puts him in rarefied air with, uh, I think, Wilt has done it, and I think Larry Bird's done it, and maybe one other person. So the Joker will be in rarefied air, but you know, right there, Giannis, and you have some other really good players in Middleton and Holiday's having a great, great season. And they've got your buddy Grayson Allen, who loves to loves to get in the other person's head, plays really rabid defense, can Octon, you know, uh, Portis, they're loaded, Super Dave. They are loaded. I like them coming out of the West, of the East. But, you know, like you said, the Celtics, I think the Celtics are going to be so dependent on Robert Williams III because he's their monster down low, and he's got bad knees. And last year in the finals, the, the, uh, the Celtics won each game where Robert Williams started and played significant minutes. When he didn't, you know, the, the, uh, the Golden State Warriors kept going to the hoop. And if they want to beat Giannis or Embiid, they're going to need Robert Williams controlling the paint Super Day. What do you think about that? No, totally agree. And he's kind of an underrated player in the NBA. You and I have mentioned him not just this year, but last year. Uh, as a real key to those Celtics. He doesn't get the the headlines that the other players do, but he is necessary uh, in the paint uh, as a uh, rim protector uh, and, and a force in, in, on the inside. And his health just seems to bounce around and it's hard to follow his injuries, but he's he doesn't seem like he plays three straight weeks ever, you know? So uh, that's a, a wild card situation with them, but... Tatum is a superstar that can, can take over any series and, and pull it out for the Celtics without even the, the, the defense that's necessary. I mean, he's that good, but you know, he's, he's not always at that level, but he can, he can come on strong. So, but Williams is a key. And I think you've, uh, you've done a, another great job, Jim, of identifying things that I think, some of our listeners and watchers should uh, should look for in the NBA as some of these key players that uh, don't always get the headlines. Yeah, there's, you know, Boston is, you know, they're they're loaded. You 
go with Brown and Tatum and Smart. And Horford's a good player. Uh, Derek Williams, I believe, is <coughs> another guy that's pretty good. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not Derek Williams. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, but. You know, what they don't have is when Williams is out, they don't, they're small. They're small. They're not that big. And in order to stop Embiid and Harden, who's having a magnificent year, I mean, Harden is just, I can't say enough about Harden this year. I mean, he's had a reputation of as being you know, kind of spoiled and want to get out of Houston and didn't get along with players. Well, he took less money and he has got, he's leading the league in assists on a per game basis. And he's also turning the ball for every, what is it? For every 3.5 assists, he's turning the ball over one. So he's really taking good care of the ball, still over 20 points a game, you know, are tough. They are tough. The Sixers are tough, Super Dave. Oh, yeah. And Tyrese Mer- uh, Maxey is a guy I, I always like to, to, to add some punch to that MB offense. And Harden, like we said, we've mentioned several times this season, is, is playing the, the, the best balance uh, of his career because he's had you know years with uh, uh, scoring, years with assisting, but now the combination and then not turning the ball over. Uh, there comes a point in a, in a basketball player's career, Jim, where I know myself when I, when I couldn't jump anymore, I was still a, actually a better player because I learned position on how to screen out and I learned to take the, the very best shots, but I couldn't, I couldn't athletically play like I was when I was young. Well, I don't think Harden is at his peak physically, uh, but he is at his game mentally uh, and playing with Embiid and having a, a, a kind of a, a young guy like Maxi uh, in the mix with that, uh, that gives them a dynamics that's really hard to contend with. And then they throw a, an old good timer like PJ Tucker in there for uh, some needed defense. Uh, it's a very fascinating team. And it's the whole fascination of the uh, East and the NBA of who's going to emerge between the Celtics, Bucks, and uh, Pist- uh, Sixers, because I don't see any other team uh, penetrating that big three. Do you, Jim? No, I mean, as much as I would like to see Cleveland, I don't think they they quite have enough yet. I think they're a year or two away and a piece away. I mean, they've got, you know, they've got, uh, uh, they've got a couple of really good guards. They have, you know, Mobley, who's a really good defensive player. And, but I just don't see them in the same class as the other three. I just don't see it. But I, I thought I'd e- mention them because they're a pretty good team. Yeah, no, and I don't either. And the the Knicks were coming on really strong, and that ankle injury to Julius Randle, I don't know how that's going to carry over into the playoffs, but uh, the, the emergence of Brunson and what the Knicks were doing almost gave me a, a, a thought a couple of weeks ago that maybe – Maybe they could penetrate the, uh, the and, and get into the big four in the East, but uh, the the health of Randall now is in question. Yeah, the you know, and he makes them go. I mean, he's a stat monster, 
I think he averages, you know, 24, 25 a game and seven, eight assists and, you know, nine, 10, 11 rebounds and shoots well from the three-point land. I mean, there's a guy who put in a lot of work. He always had the motor. You know, he was always, you know, really trying hard. And now he's worked and he's obviously worked on his body. He has also really, really worked on his skill level. And every, I swear, every year, he, I, it seems like he gets better. He shoots a better percentage. He turns the ball over less. I mean, there's a guy who spends a lot of time at his craft getting better and better. I really have a lot of admiration for him. I do, too. And it's really sad when you, when you get to that level and then the injuries kind of compromise uh, everything. But um, it, it, it's a, another case. So, like I said, there's so many players that are fun to watch in the NBA that are, that are getting better and better. And the caliber and the quality of the athletic moves I'm seeing on the floor because remember, I go back to the two-handed shot days of the 50s, Jim. So I'm just, I'm just amazed at what I'm seeing on the floor, you know. It's just incredible. <laughs> so before we go to our pick, I wanted to bring something else up that I saw. And and I just, just read an article about it today. Did you hear what the Spurs did to get Victor Wembenyama? No, what have they? What have they done now with the? They our, our... pulled a sign in trade. The French team that has the rights for him right now. And what they're going to do is they're going to sign him to a two hundred and forty million dollar contract. And they're using international law to do this, and they expect a fight from the NBA on this, you know, because this will, you know, this will totally revolutionize the draft. The draft all of a sudden will become irrelevant because what will happen is players like, you know, Victor, I've got to read his name because I haven't, it doesn't roll off the tongue yet. Wen Benyama. Well, very good, Super Dave. Very Thank good. You. You're very, very articulate. Webinyama. Anyways, with Victor, so what they're doing is they're signing a, a trade, a sign and trade, and they're going to pay him $240 million, and they're, the French team is getting a bunch of cash, that, but it was for future, quote-unquote, future considerations. But this means then that anybody who they think is going to be, who thinks they're going to be a great player can go to France or go to Australia, or go to Germany, or go anywhere, and then do a sign and trade with that team, that will make the draft irrelevant. I had, not, I had not heard that, Jim, but that is, uh, that is scary to think of that, you know, kind of upsetting the draft situation. And, and Popovich is, uh, uh, you know, there, I knew there was something brewing there, uh, he was he, he came out of the box with the Spurs at the uh, beginning of the season. We talked about him. We thought this was going to be the, the year where tanking was going to be, uh, you know, the, the, one of the big topics. But instead of tanking, he's, got, he's gone behind closed doors and, 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 and gone the, uh, 
the spy route, huh? Is that what they? That, is that yeah. what we're doing? Yeah, I mean, and what they did is so they what they did is they filed this in two places. If the article I read is correct, so they expect a fight from the NBA. So they they took it to an international court and filed a complaint against the NBA, and then they took it to domestic court filing a complaint against the NBA because they think the NBA is going to stop this. Because once again, the repercussions to the draft, the draft becomes obsolete then. Because all these oh. great players will, be, will go into will, and plus the fact they'll get a whole lot more money than they would if they went in as an NBA rookie. Do you remember how the Celtics got Larry Bird? Vaguely, they did something comparable, right? They they drafted Bird when he was not eligible to play. I, I can't remember what the rule was, but you could draft a underclassman and wait for him to 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 graduate or something. I don't know what it was, but Arbag pulled the pulled the fast one there when he drafted Larry Bird uh, a year a year before they could use him. So yeah, I remember that because. You know, it pissed me off. <laughs> I don't like their Celtics. Cats, you, you whiners there in the Lakerland. Right. We only got Magic Johnson. They got Larry Bird. But so this this is a new development, Super Dave, to keep an eye on because there's a legal battle going on over Victor W. And it'll be really interesting to see how it resolves it because, you know, once again, the NBA draft will become totally irrelevant. Well, and, and, and the reason it's so significant is because this this player, Webanyama, is is not just he is the most remarkable seven four. Uh, they they have this uh, NBA channel where they they show some of his games. You can check in, and I've watched a couple of games of him playing, and he's got the agility of uh, Kareem at that height, but he's also uh, he's he he is skinny. There's no question about that. But he's fluid and he's able to kind of uh, avoid the contact that's going to come uh, with the NBA players. So and he's got a sweet touch. He's a he's a, a deadly free thrower. So you can see he's got the shooting talent. And when his body fills out at seven four and the ability to get up and down the court, uh, Jim. That's what is so significant about that because he is gonna uh, he is gonna be one of the most remarkable players in the NBA. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how this develops. Adam Silver's got a problem on his hands, and I I, I just can't wait to see this how this all unfolds. Now, Super Dave, do we want to try and make predictions at this point on who's coming out of the West, who's coming out of the East? And what happens in the championship? Uh, we can. We can. Okay. You want me to start? Sure. Okay. I would say in the West, uh, I had mentioned them before, and I'm going to, uh, even though I'm probably pulling for Denver, I, li I really like that team because I like the Joker. But uh, I think that the Phoenix Suns, are going to come out of the West. Interesting. 
lawmakers to come out of the West. Pardon me? Line, man. I'm taking the Lakers. Okay. Oh, whoa. Whoa. Homer. Yeah, you bet. And I, you know, I just think that they're 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 rolling right now. They've got all the right pieces. You know, once again, I cringe every time Anthony Davis leaves his feet because you're right. People get hurt when they come down. And I, you know, I, I'm just really concerned about that. But I'm rooting with all the karma that I can generate, all the emotion I can generate. And I want to support my team. So I think they're coming out of the West. Now, well, what do you think about – go ahead. Well, well – uh, Thinking now, just uh, not just basketball wise, but allegiance, uh, because like I said, I've been pulling for LeBron since he came in the league. So I do have this affinity for the Lakers. So I'm kind of with it there. Uh, I would get a big kick out of the Clippers going very far. Uh, I like the Denver Nuggets because I love the Joker. I've never seen a player like that before. So, uh, but I just have this feeling that with Durant coming back healthy, that is a team to be reckoned with. And if you remember early on, well, for most of the last season, how the, the Suns were the best team really in basketball, they haven't really changed much other than adding Durant. And I like Aiton as a, as a center, as a big man. So uh, I'm going to stick with my Suns, but I'm going to be pulling for your Lakers too. And what do you think is going to happen in the East? Well, boy, that is just really tough to call. Um, I'm just going to have to go with the chalk here and just think that the Milwaukee Bucks are are just more more reliable team. Uh, I think the Bucks uh, Bucks will come out of the East. I agree with you there. And as much as I'm a Laker homer, I just think that Giannis and Middleton. And Holiday and crew are just too tough. And I think they win the NBA championship. Let me give you a scenario that, that might excite you. What if it's not the Bucks and it's the Celtics and you're right about the Lakers? Celtics, Lakers again? Oh, who'd have thunk it, huh? Oh, my God. You just put a jolt of adrenaline through me. Yeah, I knew you probably hadn't thought of that, that whole playing that scenario <laughs> out with a, one more step. But that's a very distinct possibility. It is, Super Dave. And, you know, I want to thank everybody for listening. And Super Dave will be on again next week because we're going to follow this, you know, all the way through the playoffs. And Super Dave, you know what happens at the end of the podcast. You get the last word. In summation, what are your thoughts about the NBA and the playoffs? Well, I appreciate that, Jim. And I also appreciate the fact that you have this uh, incredible sense of not only timing, but uh, what needs to be said. And I appreciate you clarifying the fact that I didn't give myself the nickname Super Dave. And I think uh, Randy Larson, that we dedicate this uh, podcast to every week, will be rolling over in his grave if it's the Celtics and Lakers in the playoffs. And I think we have a lot to, to uh, enjoy about the NBA playoffs. And I just encourage people, if you're tuning into this podcast for the first time, uh, listen to it. And I also want to encourage you to look, at, look for 
uh, the Don't Give a Shit file with uh, Jim English because he has podcasts and almost uh, a variety of subjects. And Jim, you do a great job, and I appreciate you inviting me here. It's always a, 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 a enjoyable experience, and I look forward to talking playoffs next week. All right, Super Dave and the audience, thank you, everybody, for joining us. And we'll be back soon. Bye now. See you, Jim. <laughs>